welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for March the 2nd of 2020. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry. Hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week, this is your one-stop shop for all of the hottest news you need to know in the gaming industry. And of course, if you enjoy the show, you like what you see, hit that subscribe button and keep yourself in the know. But of course, as the title of today's show does show off, we now know a little bit more about Project A, Riot Games' brand new FPS coming this summer that is looking to shake things up on the competitive front. And boy, it does look to be bringing some unique ideas into the fray. And we'll talk more about what we know so far. And of course, tomorrow is the big Valorant reveal with more info coming on the 3rd of March. However, we have that news on top of plenty of other stories. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's top gaming news. First off, Riot's 5-on-5 hero shooter is officially called Valorant. It will launch this summer. Riot's foray into the highly competitive FPS genre finally has a name, Valorant. The eight-letter word is not too surprising, given it was leaked with a bunch of other details last week, but still it beats the Project A code name we have all been forced to use since the title was announced in October. A teaser video and the official Valorant site confirmed that the online-focused 5-on-5 shooter will launch sometime this summer. As Eurogamer reports, Riot is positioning the game as a vibrant alternative to Counter-Strike Global Offensive. The art style screams Overwatch, but the gameplay is noticeably different. Combat leans heavily on gunplay, for instance. Every agent uses real-world weapons, and most of their base-level abilities are designed to complement them. Jed, for instance, throws out vision-obscuring Cloudburst Fog, while Brimstone can request a stem beacon that gives all nearby players rapid fire. Ultimate abilities, meanwhile, are a little more fantastical. Jed gains several throwing daggers during Bladestorm, for example, while Sova shoots out Deadly Hunter's Fury Energy Blast, and you can see Polygon for a full breakdown of all of the agents so far. Four maps will be available at launch, according to Eurogamer, with at least one mode that tasks you with attacking and defending different control points. Matches will take roughly 30 minutes, but can obviously go for longer if you are stuck in a particularly tense shootout or back-and-forth power struggle. On the official Valorant website, Riot Games is quick to emphasize the title's technical performance, which will be critical if the developer wants to pull players away from Counter-Strike Global Offensive. 128 tick servers, at least 30 FPS on most men's spec computers, even dating back a decade. 60 to 144 frames per second on modern gaming rigs. A global spread of data centers aimed at roughly 35 millisecond latency for players in major cities around the world. A netcode we have been obsessing over for years and a commitment to anti-cheat from day one, the side promises. Crucially, Valorant does not appear to be set in the League of Legends universe. That's a big departure from teamfight tactics, an auto-battler mode offered inside of League of Legends, its newly launched League of Legends, excuse me, Legends of Rune Terra card game, and upcoming Riot Forge projects including Ruin King and Convergence, which allow external developers to use the League of Legends license. It's a big gamble for Riot, but one that could pay off handsomely if the game takes off and, perhaps more importantly, becomes an esport that can challenge other shooters including CSGO, Call of Duty, Overwatch, and Rainbow Six Siege. So the first thing that I personally want to point out uh, is that I don't think that this game is going to be competing directly with Call of Duty, Overwatch, or Rainbow Six Siege. 
The closest one out of that trio that it's competing with is probably Rainbow Six Siege, just because of the competitive nature of it and how each individual player can hold their own, but also work together as a team. I think that is kind of the balance that is trying to be struck here. Uh, now, the question is, can it compete with CSGO? And after looking at some gameplay, I think that it very well could. If the shooting is tight, if the maps are incredibly well designed, it could very well compete with Counter-Strike Global Offensive, uh, which is still to this day pretty much the go-to competitive FPS for a lot of people. In fact, I saw over the weekend that it hit its most concurrent players on Steam very many years after it launched. Uh, it's getting roughly close to, what, 20 years? Some kind of insane amount like that. Uh, but Valorant is looking to definitely get in on that uh, realm of the gaming industry, and I think there is plenty of room as it stands today, because although there are so many competitive FPSs that are released, uh, so many of them either fall to the wayside or simply uh, have their moment in the spotlight and then begin to fade. And so I think that if there is a game that can nail a good mix of quality gunplay, aesthetic, on top of that being able to run it on a variety of gaming PCs, uh, you have a chance. And I think that Riot Games is certainly the company to take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, so Valorant again launching in summer 2020 with more info coming tomorrow, including what is hopefully going to be some kind of closed beta announcement because I would love to hear more about that. However, for those that are interested, let me know your thoughts. I know that there are plenty of people out there making content, but hey, shout out to my friend Ethan Bernard. He is here on YouTube, a dedicated fan of Valorant, a longtime follower of Project A, so give him a look. He is covering all of the hottest news, and he is passionate about this project. I highly recommend giving his content a look. However, co-head of Call of Duty studio Treyarch has left after 13 years. This was a story that broke late Friday, uh, and it's something that is definitely going to be shaping the future of the Call of Duty franchise going forward. Jason Blundell led work on the series Zombie Mode. It's the end of an era if you are a Call of Duty fan, excuse me. Jason Blundell, the co-head of series studio Treyarch, has left the company after 13 years. There was not a reason given for the exit, but the tone of the excuse me, but the tone on both sides suggests he was not kicked out. He characterized his time as a, quote, fantastic stint, while the developer said it, quote, enjoyed the time together. It's something gamers will notice at least. Blundell started on the series as a producer for Call of Duty 3, but he's best known for managing its long-running zombies mode. He headed up both the undead mode and the main story for Black Ops 3 and focused on zombies for Black Ops 4. There is little doubt that he played an influential role in the Call of Duty series when he took his co-head role in 2016. His exit comes at a less than ideal time for the FPS franchise. Treyarch is believed to be working on Black Ops 5 for this year, following turmoil at Raven and Sledgehammer, who were reportedly set to release a Call of Duty game this year, but were demoted to support duties after rivalries and departures caused chaos. If so, Blundell's departure will throw more uncertainty into the mix. While Treyarch may still be in good hands, it probably did not want to lose leadership at a moment like this. This is weird, okay? A lot of people are saying 13 years at the company, it's probably time for him to go. He's ready to move on. He's ready to experiment with more opportunities in his career, and I totally get that. But at the same time, there have been so many reports of mishandling of the entire studio, of a tumultuous development of this new Call of Duty that's coming out this October slash November. It's going to be a very strange game, and I think that this is kind of writing on the wall uh, to show what we should expect for this year. 
because obviously the Call of Duty games are already on a very tight development cycle as is. A lot of people are working around the clock to make sure that there's a brand new Call of Duty game every single year. Of course, Modern Warfare was a huge hit, fell in love with the game, I still adore to this day. Uh, but the last few Call of Duty games have often felt rushed. Of course, we have heard reports about how quickly the development of Blackout came to be for Black Ops 4, and I think that kind of was reflected in the overall quality of the final product. And so this year, I think that Call of Duty could be seeing another uh, rough go of it, if this is all to be believed. But of course, we all owe Jason Blundell a bit of a thank you for heading up the Zombies team for so many years, and for truly... <clears throat> excuse me, creating something uh, that set Call of Duty apart from the competition because Zombies has always been, uh, since it was launched, a foundational part of many Call of Duty experiences. Of course, this most recent Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, does not have a Zombies portion, uh, but many of the previous ones do, and uh, it's become something that has its own dedicated fan base, even if they don't play the multiplayer or campaign. People love Call of Duty Zombies. However, you know what else people love? Halo Combat Evolved, and a teaser may hint at an imminent Steam release for the OG. The Halo Combat Evolved portion of the five-game Halo the Master Chief Collection, which comes in the form of 2011's Anniversary Remake, recently concluded a couple of weeks of beta testing and going by the February wrap-up at the Halo Waypoint website, it was a very productive event. A number of outstanding issues were resolved, an updated crouch-slash-movement system was added because the legacy system, quote, wasn't a good on... Wasn't a good experience on PC, end quote, and players seemed very happy with the experience. That is not to say Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary is ready to load and fire on Steam necessarily, but a new trailer released today could be taken as a hint that maybe it might possibly be coming soon. The video portion is new and will apparently provide the backdrop for a new Master Chief Collection main menu, but Halo fans may recognize the audio as coming from the opening cutscene in Halo Combat Evolved. The video could be a nostalgic nod to the first ever Halo game, but the second in the Master Chief Collection, which is following the story chronologically and thus started with the prequel Halo Reach. But it's such a clear reference to Combat Evolved's opening sequence and combined with the imagery of the Master Chief emerging from stasis to take up the fight, it's not something that is hard to read more into. Now, of course, uh, very excited to see this game on PC. Of course, I'm an Xbox player when it comes to Halo. I'm fine on my console. But the Master Chief Collection has really done a full 180 and come around in the other, other direction. Uh, because whenever it launched on Xbox, it had a slew of issues, and it did suffer for a number of years. In fact, roughly about three years, if I remember correctly. Then the team behind the scenes said, hey, we're taking up the reins again. We're going to fix this thing. It's great on Xbox now. The matchmaking is fixed. The games look phenomenal. Highly recommend diving in and giving it a look where all of the games are currently available. Of course, now the Master Chief Collection is coming to PC. Halo Reach launched a couple of months back. Now you are getting your first look at Halo Combat Evolved, which is going to look phenomenal uh, once everything is all said and done. But it is going to be a very cool game to see re-released because in the online community, there are so many people that are passionate about Halo that grew up playing Halo that it doesn't matter when the game comes out. That's immediately what everybody is going to be playing on streams, what everybody is going to be talking about on Twitter, uh, what people are going to be making videos about. I love Halo and I love the Halo community uh, and I cannot wait to see Combat Evolved finally hit PCs, but we'll see what happens. But apparently insiders do say... It's doing pretty well, even though it is just getting its re-release after spending years on the Xbox One and multiple years on the Xbox 360. 
as well as the OG Xbox, of course. However, Sony's Uncharted movie gets its seventh director, and Antonia Banderas joins the cast. Sony's beleaguered and quite possibly cursed Uncharted movie, which has so far managed to lose a total of six directors since its unveiling in 2009, has a brave new soul at the helm, this time in the form of Ruben Fleischer, the man behind Zombieland and Venom. Is it Fleischer? Fleischer? Fleischer. I think it's Fleischer. I'm going with Fleischer because you get the E-I, and I learned that in school. It makes the I sound. So Ruben Fleischer, the man behind Zombieland and Venom. Fleischer's hiring, first reported by Variety, follows the departure of Bumblebee director Travis Knight back in January. Knight superseded 10 Cloverfield Lane director Dan Thrachenberg, who stepped in after Knight of the Museum director Sean Levy left the project. And prior to that, Seth Gordon, Neil Berger, and David O. Russell were all attached to direct at one time or another. Despite the revolving door of directors, Spider-Man's Tom Holland continues to lead the cast as a young Nathan Drake in Fleischer's movie, while Mark Wahlberg, who was originally set to play Drake in an early and highly dubious stab at the project, remains on board as his mentor Sully. Additionally, Art Markham and Matt Holloway continue on scripting duties. Variety also reports that veteran actor Antonio Banderas will star alongside Holland and Wahlberg with Sophia Alley, Grey's Anatomy and Faking It, and Toddy Gabrielle, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, rounding out the currently announced cast. Unsurprisingly, given the continued directorial upheaval, Sony's Uncharted movie will no longer meet its previously announced December 2020 release date and is now due to hit cinemas on the 5th of March of next year. Of course, we talked about that a few weeks ago on an episode of the Jam Pack Report. Seventh time is the charm, right? They ask at Eurogamer. No, probably not. First and foremost, this movie has not started filming yet. It is now March. We have roughly one year to get this thing from pre-production to in the cinema with the popcorn popping ready to go. That's not going to happen. This is going to be delayed until minimally summer of 2021 at the earliest. And quite frankly, if you want to make a good Uncharted movie, it probably needs more time than that. Now, with all of that being taken into account, I do want to say we don't even need this movie at all. There is no point in having an Uncharted movie because we have plenty of lore already found in the games. And I would be shocked if this turned out to be anything that anybody actually wanted. And I'm sorry to be the Debbie Downer of the group, but I just see it that way. That's just the way that I feel. And that's what this show is about. It's the way that I feel. Uh, so anyways, uh, the Uncharted movie has gotten its seventh director. Uh, best of luck, you know, taking the reins on that curse of a movie. Uh, but excited to see what the final product is, because here's my hypothesis. I don't need this movie. I don't really want this movie. But if Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, can come out and not be bad, maybe Uncharted can pull that one off, too. However, Final Fantasy VII Remake has gone gold as confirmed by Tetsuya Nomura. Originally, Final Fantasy VII Remake was set to release tomorrow, March the 3rd, but back in January, Square Enix announced the game would be pushed back a little over a month to its new launch date in April. Fortunately, it has now been confirmed that no additional delays of Final Fantasy VII Remake will be coming, though, as the initial work on the project has now finished. In a new conversation with 4Gamer, Final Fantasy VII Remake director Tetsuya Nomura was asked about the current progress on the game and how it was faring up to launch day. 
Nomura responded and said that no further delays will be coming because work on Final Fantasy VII Remake has now initially wrapped up. Quote, we had some time to improve the quality of the final product, but we have already mastered it, so there is no further delay. Nomura explained. So yes, this means that Final Fantasy VII has now officially gone gold, which is one of the final steps all games go through prior to release. For many, this is surely a very positive thing to hear and might seem a bit surreal. Final Fantasy VII Remake was first unveiled all the way back at E3 2015 during PlayStation's press event, and since that time, news on the project has largely fallen silent until the past year when Square Enix finally opted to start showing off the game once again. The road to launch has been a long one, but knowing that Namora and the team at Square have now mastered the final version of the game that will ship out around the world is definitely exciting. In other news, a Final Fantasy VII Remake demo is out now on PS4. It's the first chapter of the long-awaited remake. Square Enix has finally released a playable demo of the Final Fantasy VII Remake for PlayStation 4 on Monday, giving fans a taste of the upcoming reimagining of the classic RPG. Final Fantasy VII Remake demo is available to download from the PlayStation Store. It requires 7.5 gigs of hard drive space, and the demo features a playable mission from early on in the game. Cloud and Barrett infiltrate the Shinra Electric Power Company to bomb a Mako reactor and must escape. Before they can flee to safety, however, they must battle the Scorpion Sentinel, uh, Sentinel excuse me, an early boss fight that is no joke. We recently played that mission, plus two more in a hands-on gameplay preview of Final Fantasy VII Remake, they say at Polygon. Unlike my hands-on time, players will be able to spend time with Remake's classic mode, which is available in the demo. As noted on the PlayStation Store listing, progress from the demo will not carry over to the final version of the game, but downloading the demo will grant access to an exclusive PS4 theme, so it is worth a download. And of course, the game does launch on April the 10th, but that demo is out right now if you did want to dive in and give it a shot. So, uh, first and foremost, free demo. Dive in, give it a shot if you are a fan of the classic RPG or you are looking in on getting it for the first time. Uh, but, of course, very cool to see the game has gone gold. I hope the best. Uh, personally, never was a big Final Fantasy guy, so I'm going to let people have this one. You know, it's just, it's just not for me. I'm not going to play the demo nor the final product. That's just not my thing. But, I'm very happy for those that have been getting this game and are going to be getting this game because it is a long time coming. There are a plenty of people that are out there that are fans of that. Uh, so if you want to dive in right now, the demo is out. And of course, the game again launches on April the 10th. But to round out today's show, Death Stranding on PC has an official Half-Life crossover. It's the Headcrab Walk. The PC version of Death Stranding features Half-Life content. In a teaser video below, we see the game's protagonist, Sam Bridges, with Valve's iconic head valve sticking out of the back of his head. We also see Sam admiring himself in the mirror while wearing a head crab from Half-Life. Death Stranding launches on PC on the 2nd of June 2020 on both Steam and the Epic Games Store, priced at £54.99 or course, 60 bucks if you are here in the States. Uh, so I wanted to talk about this first and foremost because this is neat. He's got the glasses of Half-Life. He's got the uh, he's got the valve on the back of his head. I'm a big fan of this. Uh, but of course, to see Norman Reedus dressed up like Freeman, a little bit exciting. And on top of that, uh, this just looks cool. The crab thing. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely down for that. Uh, but of course, Death Stranding, phenomenal game on the PlayStation 4, going to look phenomenal on the PC without a doubt going to be a stunning looking game at maxed out graphic settings. Uh, so if you want to dive into that one, it's coming out on June the 2nd, 2020 on Steam and the Epic Games Store, or you can pick it up right now on the PS4. Of course, created by Hideo Kojima, one of the great minds of the gaming industry of our time. 
But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed this one, be sure to drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about the show, the news, whatever you want. What's on your heart today? Let me know in the comment section down below. Or if you are on a podcast service, be sure to hit that subscribe button. But I'll be back tomorrow for a brand new show. Until then, have a good one and peace.